Welcome to The Sustainable Life. This is Josh Spodek with Stephen M. R. Covey. Stephen, how are you? Hey, I'm doing good, Josh. How are you doing? Good to see you again. Good to see you too. And I'm very enthusiastic about hearing this because you're... What I remember was it took a little while when I asked you about what the environment meant to you. You talked about some things that were probably meaningful, but a bit abstract. And then you started talking about, well, I should ask you, but I remember like a, a path by cabin with a father. And it reminded me of walking with my father on one of the times when someone walked me through this process. And so uh, not having, all right, uh, I'm really curious to hear how it went. But before I ask how it went, yeah, can you remind me? in more detail, what you think about when you think about the environment and what you committed to? Yeah, yeah. Again, I, th I think about nature. I think about um, being in nature and enjoying nature, the beauty, um, the serenity, the peace. And it reminds me of, you know, we've had a, a cabin that's been in our family for 70 years now plus mm -hmm. you know and, and we've gone up there my whole life and I remember going with my father and we'd go on this hike out in nature you know we we're already in nature to begin with but then we go even to another more serene peaceful calm place and I remember just doing that with my father and so what I said is that, look I want to kind of try to repeat that um, and see if I can't get my get some of my kids to join me and do that again. So that was the idea. Was uh, you know let's try to see if I can relive this and and pass it on to the next generation and me myself get back into nature, similar to what I'd done when I was a young child. You know I I should have asked you this last time and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get punished for this terrible joke but I'm gonna ask it anyway. Was Taking a walk out by the cabin, a habit of an effective person. <laughs> that was habit number nine. Number nine? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we came up with the eighth habit, but yeah. <laughs> Do people ask you questions like that all the time? I, Sometimes it's fun. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to be too obvious like that. So, okay. <laughs> so you said you were going to, do you remember what you said you were going to commit to? Yeah. That, that I was going to go on this hike and I'm going to try to take my kids. And so... I've got, uh, I'm partially there. I've got good news and bad news. Okay. So how did, how did it go? Okay. The bad news is that it didn't work out to take the kids. We were going to do it. Something changed. I suddenly they weren't available. They couldn't do it and they weren't there. That's the bad news. The good news is I did it because I could control that. I was still there. I did this. I went, uh, where I said I was going to go and I went on this hike and, and, and even another good piece of it is rather than driving a car to where we would start, uh -huh. I drove a bike. Uh -huh. And, and uh, so I drove my bike to where we're going to start all in the spirit of, of I'm in nature and, and, um, and rather than taking a car, you know, you, you drive to the starting point for the, for the hike and, and instead, I drove a, a, my bike to it, and I went on the hike. And I still, my intention is still, I, I want to get my kids. I, I, I'm only halfway there, Josh, <laughs> because uh, I fulfilled what I could do, but circumstances changed, and it didn't work out because of the timing with the kids. But this is something that 
we have plans that we're going to be back up here because this has been in the family for decades and I'm going to have a chance to, to try to repeat it with the kids. My, my goal until I've done it with the kids, I don't feel like I've done it, but I did it myself and that was beautiful. And it reminded me of my childhood. I just want to extend it to my children. So I'm halfway there. Was it one of your first times on the path since for a long time ago? Cause I yeah. think you hadn't gone on the path that often. So what was it like going solo for the first time in a while? Amazing. It was, uh, you know, there's that beautiful quote by T.S. Eliot, where he said the the end, we shall never cease from exploring. And the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and to know the place for the first time. Oh, man. And isn't that beautiful? I've heard that before. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't heard it in a long time. Yeah, in a sense, it was that. It was, wow, because it's been years. I don't know how long, but decades probably for me, shows you my age, <laughs> that um, to kind of go back where I once started and feel like I am experiencing it, knowing it almost afresh, almost anew. That was pretty neat with a... With a little bit, you know, having had this primer mm-hmm. with you to, to to say, look, I want to kind of get back into nature in a way that I've kind of grown a little distant from. And I remember doing this and now I, I'm I'm almost like seeing it with, with new eyes. So that was amazing. My only disappointment is what I've already told you that I, I still want to do with the whole family. Wasn't able to control that in this situation because of circumstances. But I wanted to deliver on what I could control and I could control me doing it. And I thought that I'd, I'd add to it the deciding to, to take my bike there, you know, and pedaling it versus driving just to add to the more natural approach to it. Well, I'll say to you something that many listeners have heard before, which is that when someone Many times people come back and they've done exactly what they expected, although generally more than they expected. Sometimes people come back and say, I didn't even get started. And one of the things about this podcast, I'm not creating a Disney show. This is not, everything's easy. Just do this thing. And all we got to do is get everyone to do this little thing and everything's taken care of. It's, there are things that come up on it. We live in a, things come up that are unexpected. We live in a system that pollutes a lot and it's easy to keep going with the flow and it's not always easy to switch. And so I get feedback from listeners that they'd like to hear when someone was not able to do it because they feel like, good, I don't feel so much pressure. And now I can actually do it. It's this weird irony that when we feel pressure to do it, we do it less. So one of the reasons I bring leaders on is that leaders have been in, in the public before and they realize that leading is more about showing your flaws because if ever if it was easy, we wouldn't need leadership, <laughs> and we and so people who are who aren't afraid to let to come back and say, I did you know I did it halfway or I didn't do yeah, it. I did it halfway, and that's kind of where I am. Now that said, if this is what you call halfway and disappointing, because <laughs> it you know, another thing is that you, I didn't say it with you when we recorded before, 
But one of the things I say when someone does something that depends on others is I say, is there a way that we can do it without that dependency? And if you can do it with others, that's let that be gravy. Yeah. But you can't, it's things that are outside of your control, they, they weren't here. They weren't in, in our first conversation. Right. Maybe they listened to it. Oh, no, I didn't post it in time, probably. So they wouldn't have been able to hear it. So had I been more um, thorough, I probably would have suggested, you know, just doing it yourself. And if you can get them to go, that's gravy. Uh, but even because to my ears, you've done more than you. Uh, I mean, things outside of your control, outside of your control, but still you've done more because of the bike. I'm not trying to make you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> no. I've just had a lot of people on this podcast that have done various levels of it. Yeah. And you, you sound like you're like in the bottom several sigma below average and you're not. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I agree with you, first of all, on being real and authentic and vulnerable as a leader. And, uh, you know, just to acknowledge that I'm only halfway there. Didn't accomplish my full goal, which was to have the whole experience with family members. Planned on it. Things changed. It didn't work out. Couldn't control it. But I did what I could do to control. And you're right. Maybe, maybe, maybe I should have uh, thought through the dependency the issue. I still have the goal, though. That's the thing is that I still want to do that because part of what I want to recreate is a little bit of what I experienced with my kids, just like my dad did with me. So that, that remains something I want to do. I just got to be, uh, uh, you know, maybe plan better, do it earlier, not later, so that if things happen, if things change, I, I have some leeway and, and the like. So I still have the goal, and um, but I wanted to be true to as much of it as I could do that was in my, you know, my influence and my control, and uh, which was myself. And so that was fun. And I, and, uh, and I felt inspired to take the bike. That was inspiration. So one, two things. One, I'd like to, can we call this episode 1.5 and then have you back for a second episode? After we've done it. Yeah. <laughs> the way I wanted to initially. Yeah. And the bike, that inspiration that you felt. Now, the, the process that we went through before on the first episode, a lot of people hear this podcast and say, Josh, I love how you get people to do these little things. And we expect it to be, there's all these articles. Here's 10 little things you can do for the environment. Things that won't encroach on your lifestyle. And that's extrinsic, controlling, coercing, convincing. You felt inspired. I, I work not on big versus little, but intrinsic versus extrinsic. Yeah. And inspiration is when, when you reduce to practice something that's in, in, internal. And what I did was a very specific process. You know, what is this? Not, what is, I mean, there's a four-step process that I went through that it works not every time, but it works a lot. I'm half inclined to suggest teaching it to you so that you can work it, do it with them or bring them on in somehow, because I, I'm, you know, I teach it to others uh, in my classes at NYU, in my coaching in executives and working with workshops and things like that. Uh, I mean, you know them already, you know, so I presume, and you're a pretty effective leader, <laughs> but I don't think it was an accident that you felt inspired. Partly, I, I hope, well, perhaps I'm flattering myself, but I hope that it was partly because I evoked in you passions that are particular to your place and time and experience, but universal that all humans feel connections to nature that we're not in tune with that much. And we want to be, does that ring true? Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. It is. And I get it 
I get what you're saying. This is, you know, my, my new book, Trust and Inspire, is about this idea too, that inspiration is more significant and important than mere motivation. Motivation is external. It's extri- extrinsic and, and, you know, carrot and stick, traditional motivation. And does that work? It does motivate people to want to get more rewards, but it's still external stimuli to get movement and you got to keep feeding it. And whereas inspiration is intrinsic, it's internal. Like you're saying, it's inside of people to inspire means to breathe life into. So you breathe life and you light the fire within. And when that fire gets lit within, then that can light other fires. <laughs> Cause you know, it's hard, you know, I like to say that inspiring others is a learnable skill because you, everyone can inspire when you, when, when you yourself feel inspired, it's easier to inspire others. And then when you add to it a connection with people through caring and belonging, and then a connection to purpose and to meaning and a contribution that can inspire. And I do think nature is inspiring. Even a connection to nature, I think can inspire. I think that's a big part of kind of what I felt was, you know what? In the spirit of this, contextually, it seems like this is be exciting to, I'll take the bike. It's win-win. Everyone wins. And I get the exercise. I need the exercise. And, uh, and it seems appropriate. And, is, you know, that connection to nature is also inspiring. So, so I love the, you know, I'm a big believer in inspiration versus motivation, you know, and, and, and that's a big part of trust and inspire. That's what the inspire means in trust and inspire. We want to inspire people want to be inspired, not just merely motivated. Yeah. I don't know if I told you in the first couple episodes of this podcast, I would, I felt, you know, I had my experiences with nature and I thought, I just got to give people these experiences. I just got to like cajole them into it. I wasn't thinking that way, yeah. but that's what, that's what I was doing. And then when they did it, well, they would push back and it took, I wish I'd read your book before it was written because <laughs> I, I felt like, yeah, leadership, that's for conventional things, but this is really different. The environment is so different and so pressing and I got to think of something different. But no, leadership works in all areas. People, it's the human emotional system that motivates. Right. And that's, it doesn't matter whether it's the military or business or the arts or education, politics or the environment. It's still, if I went out there and found that I asked people what these environment mean to you and they kept saying nothing, which does happen sometimes, I would stop because I'd have nothing to lead people on. Exactly. But it's always there. That's been the biggest discovery of this podcast is that people, is that first I thought, oh, I'm going to apply leadership to the environment. But then I realized leadership always works, but everyone is connected to the environment. Everyone feels something there. That inspiration that you felt is universal. I mean, in your particular case, it was how you felt it. How How did it feel when you were riding the bike? How did it feel when you were going up there? What was the emotional experience? It was great. It was, uh, I felt like um, it felt aligned. It felt appropriate for what I was doing. It felt inspiring to me. And it was also, in a sense, part of my trying to 
deliver on this and, and it wasn't fully delivering. So this was a kind of an inspired say of how can I compensate and even deliver for the, my lack of complete delivery? You know, I mean, again, I'm being authentic and real that, that uh, I still, I'm still only halfway there. Cause I want, I want to take the kids. And uh, but this was kind of uh, saying, well, here's some way I can, compensate for that. I can do it myself and I can do it maybe in a, even a better way. So I felt great. I felt great. You know, I love this whole approach and I've, I've been thinking about the quote and I just found it that I think describes kind of this pull strategy rather than a push strategy, if you will, mm-hmm. of the kind of leadership that's really effective. Rather, you can push, you can pull. So here's this quote. It's by the French uh, writer, uh, I don't know how to pronounce it, Antoine de Saint Exupéry. Yeah. yeah. Little Prince, yeah. Yeah, Little Prince. If you wish to build a ship, mm. do not divide the people into teams and send them to the forest to cut wood. Instead, teach them to long for the vast and endless sea. Oh, man. You know, that's a, you know, that's a beautiful, inspired pole approach not the push approach you know organize to cut the wood no long for the endless sea yeah and i'm gonna add for me personally that you know my dad bought me a copy of the little prince when i was a kid and so it's really it's more father-son stuff yeah wow yeah yeah i mean you knew exactly the little prince yeah it's important to me yeah yeah that's beautiful yeah so that that idea and it's uh you know that's being that's a better way to lead. It's a better way for all of us in, you know, not just in sustainability and the environment, it's better to lead in any aspect, in any initiative, any any type of leadership to to do it because you're inspiring people, not just motivating them. And there's purpose and there's meaning and there's contribution. And they choose and they give and they volunteer, you know, they they give their discretionary efforts and their energy and their creativity and their passion because it's in them and they, and they choose to give it versus trying to compel it out of people. You know, that's, you know, force doesn't work. Trust. Um, you know, Peter Drucker said leaders organizations today are run on trust, not force. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the whole, the, the great workplaces work cultures. Similarly, it's, it's because there's trust and inspiration. Not, you know, not that we've chopped the wood and all these things. I mean, you know, that's, you got to be good at stuff like that, but you want to do it the right way for the right reasons. It's a better way to lead. You're, you're taking the words out of my mouth. It's making me think of, I was just on someone else's podcast, asked me about the, um, the Internet, uh, the um, uh, Inflation Reduction Act that just passed. and. I was saying, you know, that's all well. It may be effective. It may not be effective, but that's not what I work on. I work on leadership. I work on culture. I work on passion. And I mean, the job of legislators is to write legislation, but they could also lead through, they could role model. They could, but they're they're not doing that. And that's something missing that. So yeah, right now that's you and me. Soon it'll be everyone. It is. And it's, you know, Again, back to trust and inspire, modeling, trusting, inspiring. Those three simple 
and yet hard to do stewardships. And and uh, you model, you trust, you inspire. And I love how you're such a, I'm sure not a perfect model, but a pretty good model of going first on this is, is uh, um, with what you're doing, you're modeling. Modeling inspires people to see a model. You know, be a model, not a critic. Be a light, not a judge. I learned that from my dad. It sounds very close to be ye an opener of doors from Francis. I love that. Yeah, and we need models, not critics. And we need models who can become mentors. And so a leader, you know, in a command and control world, to have a trust and inspire leader is they can become a model that others can learn from. And then a model can become a mentor. And then we need more of that kind of leadership to say there's a better way to do this in, in a world today that still gets results and outcomes because we need to do that, but does it in a way that grows the people. It does it in a way that inspires trust and builds relationships and builds the culture. Because therefore, our ability to continue to perform and and has gone up. And plus, we're also tapping into the the energy and the the joy, the well-being of people. And so where people are not just a means to an end, but people are an end in, in and of themselves. You know, that's trust and inspire. You get results in a way that grows the people versus just getting results through people where they're just a means to an end. Now, getting results in a way that grows people. That's better. They, they are also an end, people, as well as the result, because we have to perform, but we also, we also want to grow the people. That is the kind of leadership we need today. Now I can't wait to hear, if you'll come back for a second episode, if this is 1.5, to, to hear how it went. It sounds like you won't be able to say exactly when that will be. Yeah, it may not be, honestly, until next spring, um, unless, we're, unless something happens, because um, we don't have any current plan, but we go every year. We've been doing this for generations, <laughs> and it's it's a it's a neat family tradition. And I'm trying to restore a part of that, but I, I still feel like I I want to fulfill the whole promise. So I'm only halfway there. So that's fair, and I want to. Well, I look forward to having you back for episode two. I hope to keep in touch in the meantime, just to hear how things go. Maybe something else will come up that you're like, oh, this isn't that, but it's something just as as meaningful. And let's wrap up here and, and leave this cliffhanger for everyone for, to hear how it goes when, according to you, you've done it fully. Yeah. As if this wasn't fully done. But yeah. Uh, anything to wrap up with here before, or anything to say before wrapping up here? No, I think... I, um... I think that I love our conversation and I love uh, how this, this inspiration, this pull approach versus a push approach, you know, that's trust inspire versus command and control. It's just more effective, both at getting the result, but also so much better for the people, for energy, for joy, for well-being. And that matters too. I think those those are two ends, not one. It's two ends. Yeah. Well, Stephen M. R. Covey, thank you very much. Thanks, Josh. Great to see you again. Same here. 
How many people are bringing a message of joy from what everyone calls saving the environment, but I call the future? Step by step, this podcast is creating a culture of joy, community, and connection around sharing and acting on our environmental values. Again, there's no profit in buying and wasting less, but we'll all love our lives and relationships more when we do. I can use your support. Please donate at joshuaspodick.com slash donate. Again, that's joshuaspodick.com slash donate.